Yeah, and they all needed like not because of the thing. Yeah, that that's very confusing. It's like, oh, there's a 2011, the thing, and then Matt's like, no, that's a prequel to the 50s, and it's or no, the 80s. 80s. So shit, fuck, I can't even keep track. It's the thing. <laughs> it's the thing. What would you name it besides the thing? Call it like like Frozen Boy. Probably I just I just go med- medical and say penis. <laughs> it's the penis. All the all the stammering for me was trying to figure out if I want to say penis or vagina for that joke. <laughs> Literally in my head, which one's better? Which one's better? A uh, penis. <laughs> Could be both. It changes. That it is does, true. It does change. Let's talk about Matt's thing. This, Yay, this, my thing. Yeah, let's talk about Matt's thing. I made you guys watch my thing. Uh, welcome to another. <laughs> welcome to another episode of Three Hours Later. I'm Matt, joined with Alex. Hey. And Mike. It's me. Hi. Uh, welcome three hours later again. You, I don't know why I <laughs> you again, <laughs> but we are a podcast where we assign each other something to do for three hours, come back and talk about it. This episode, we are going to be talking about a little known story about alien uh, researchers in the Antarctic that find a crashed ship and uncover an alien that turns out to be a giant carrot. That's right. It's the thing from another planet. Not to be confused with the thing. Which, even though we talked about last time, I did confuse it with, but it's okay. <laughs> I made sure I was covered. So I wanted to uh, kind of bring in, like I said, a, a movie from the 50s, just because like I was saying, again, I'm, repeat- I'm repeating myself all day. Uh, I've been watching Godzilla, so Godzilla kind of opened up this door of appreciation for movies from the 50s, because it's interesting to see what they could do with limited technology back then to kind of convey a story. And I love the thing, the 1982 movie, so I kind of wanted to see some of its roots. And they're surprisingly a lot in this movie. Like, you can see the roots in there, even though they're kind of really different as as far as, like, the creature and all that. So, yeah, there's there's not a, um, I, I don't know. I thought I had seen Thing from Another World when I was younger. I don't really think I had, because if, if so, I hadn't, I didn't remember a single frame of it. But, um... It did surprise me how even though the the kind of the beats of the plot kind of follow at the same pace, it is a wildly different movie. Yeah, this one's almost part comedy. Yeah, oh, and, and it felt like I didn't, again, something I could have thought about, but like it was made in 51. That's at the height of all the like kind of bad uh, 50s sci-fi. And it just didn't occur to me if this might be more on par with that than with the uh, the Carpenter movie. Well, so uh, this actually opened the door for the B-50 sci-fi movies. This is like one of the first ones out there. This and uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still both came out the same year. And then we got flooded with all these, you know, wackadoo sci-fi movies back then. Yeah. So this one kind of laid the groundwork, which is pretty interesting. I didn't know that going into it, but it was interesting to find out uh, because this was a hit back then which is surprising also because the carpenter movie was not a hit when that came out so a lot of this episode is going to be uh contrasting the two movies really the main assignment was to watch a thing from another uh world but uh what did what did you all think i, th- I thought it was good like i enjoyed it um it, i mean it's of its era so it's very like very raw raw go america like all the protagonists are soldiers and they're like super like Duke from G.I. Joe, like clean cut soldier guys. Um, I think they're a little bit clear with the with the 
I think the metaphor is clear just because it came out kind of at the height of the Red Scare, and it it very much is like a a allegory for like communism spreading like uh, secretly. And I didn't really realize that uh, on the '80s version of the thing that Carpenter was also intending that to be like an allegory for uh, for apparently HIV and AIDS, which does make sense if you really think about it. But it just never occurred to me. I just thought it was a cool slasher. Yeah, not only was it the uh, the height of the Red Scare, it was also the height of you know actual UFO stuff. I mean, Roswell happened not too uh, soon before this, so it's kind of on everyone's mind. So that's kind of the 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 reason why I think it got so popular is it's the first like alien invasion movie. Also, when everyone's talking about the Roswell incident, yeah, I, I it's just it's interesting to me because I think that this movie is. It was cool. It's good for what it what it is and what from its time. But I like what it influenced a lot more than I like it. And I think the uh, the coolest thing that right off the bat that you'll notice if you're a fan of the '80s movie is going to be the title card at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, dude. Because they do the same burn away the thing. Uh, the first trailer I watched for it, I thought that that was some something they put in after the fact, like, oh, okay, they're trying to like make money because of. The thing being popular, forgetting again that the one I want to watch is the remake of this one. And it was pretty, it was like super cool effect, especially for back then. I think all they did was like stencil out the words and like burn a plastic bag behind it. Yeah, it's it's a cool effect. It's just, it's, it looks real janky though when uh, the thing looks so like just amazing looking and cool. And then it's just from another world right yeah, underneath it. I, get, I guess like that might have been added on because this is in some parts, it's called just the thing. Like, I don't think the original cut was the thing from another world. It was just the thing. So it's just weird that they added that on. Like, why not just keep it the thing since all the other movies are just the thing? Yeah. It looked a lot cleaner. And Alex, you died. How was that? <laughs> no, I'm here. I'm okay. listening to you guys. It's all good. Um, no, I, actually, I was kind of thinking about how you were saying how the thing was, you know, kind of kicked off uh, from the 1950s. And I was kind of thinking about... Uh, one of our latest episodes was Video Nights, how an alien kind of took over, you know, people's bodies and, and it was shape-shifting a different way. And I was just kind of thinking, like, how many people were inspired inspired by this movie or even just the storyline of it? Uh, because it's, I don't know if there was anything before that with shape-shifting aliens, so to speak, but it was it was just overall just a cool story. Um, kind of timeless, so to speak. Yeah, uh, both of these are also inspired by the 1930s, 1938, I think, the book uh, Who Goes There, which the, so in that book, the alien is a shapeshifter. It's not in this movie, we haven't really gone, gone over it. It's basically a Frankenstein carrot in the, uh, the 50s movie, which is weird, but they're kind of limited to their technology again. But when I found out when the book was written, it kind of blew me away because that's something someone thought about almost 100 years ago it's just crazy to think about you know they were afraid of shape-shifting aliens like i'm afraid of shape-shifting aliens <laughs> <laughs> they weren't just 12 years old working in a coal mine they were also afraid of those shapeshifters. yeah i thought they died in the what's the the book the jungle oh yeah yeah <laughs> the funny part is when you first said you said what's that book the jungle and i was like the jungle book yeah the jungle book they all died with Mowgli. <laughs> yeah when baloo came out and he just murdered everybody that's how bears do it's the bear necessity um so I do I do think it's really interesting how the so the uh so just cuz we're clearly going to talk about you already said the contrast between uh thing for another world and the thing 
But then we also kind of have to talk about the the 2011 version of the thing, which is a somehow, isn't it like a prequel and a, a essentially a prequel and a remake somehow, but doesn't yeah, do either really like, super great. Yeah, prequel to the remake, but also, yes, somewhat a remake of its own. I don't know. Yeah, because there's a chunk of the 80s movie that's missing, and it's mostly the discovery of the alien, which isn't in the 80s movie, but it's in the 50s movie. And so it tells that story, but it's a Norwegian crew instead of the American soldiers. Yeah, and it's it, I, I think it's interesting, though, to look at the three movies, because I watched them all like in very short succession, and how the, the 1950s version, again, is very of its time. And I, not, I don't think it aged badly, but it aged like most movies from that era did. It looks more like people trying to do a play versus what we think of as a current style movie. The 2011 version of the movie is, it's fine, but it's just, it's bland. And then it's so odd to me that the version, uh, the the version from the 80s that you would think, you know, that a lot of movies don't have special effects that age well. A lot of the movies just in general don't age well. And I, it's still so good. Like every part of it, the effects look great. The acting, I mean, acting always stay great, but the story's good. It's terrifying like it's not as gory as i remembered it but when it gets gory it's insanely gory and this is the you're talking about the 2011 one no the the 1980s one which i guess it's interesting to think about the 2011 one because that one's held back by its technology of its time in the same way that the 50s movies is kind of i wouldn't say the 50s one is held back it's just but it but its story has to change you you and you see that you see the technology for the for the 50s and you see the technology for the um 2011 i feel like it's easier to just get lost in the movie for the 1980s version yeah it is um and i think it's easy yeah to be taken out of the movie with the 2011 one which is the the main issue with that one yeah um, but speaking of I, a, oh good good i was gonna say what i really like about the the 50s one was it was kind of like a play but you know it didn't rely on on the monster like at all like you you see bits and pieces but a lot of it was a suspense of it that really brought me into the movie well, yeah, and like you were saying earlier, well, it's a it's a Frankenstein almost monster, and just the way the first time it kicked down that door, or when they opened the door and it's right behind it, that actually kind of did scare me, and I thought that part was great. Yeah, that was a good part. Um, and then as far as the um, it felt like a play. That's because of the uh, they have like dialogue that kind of crosses over each other, and so yeah, it's almost like you're watching a stage play happen because everyone is still acting yeah um but i guess that was kind of a uh, a mark of uh, howard hawks who directed but not directed the movie there's a weird story with that where i guess his editor directed it and he was like credited as a director but really he did all Wait, the directing so he, he, he tom clancy did yeah i guess huh so i know we're talking about the fact that like this movie exists as three distinct movies and also the novel uh, the novel it's based on I have to say, though, I am kind of shocked at how little this has been adapted or remade. Because I, when I think about like the the thing that the the nineteen fifties movie made me think of the most, weirdly enough, was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Like yeah. where I was thinking, like, wow, this is so similar in, like, I can see how Invasion of the Body Snatchers came from this, like how it just like is the, it's the realization of like what this movie starts with the nineteen fifties, uh, pulp. Uh, sci-fi and then as it like refines itself and becomes like something a little bit more serious and then that movie gets remade 
over and over and over and over and it gets made as tv shows and as like just anything and it's weird to me this this story that i think is like pretty damn adaptable that it's been remade you know one one time like successfully in the long run but a failure in the 80s and then again in 2011 which is just a failure on kind of all parts but I look at this, I think like this would be a cool HBO show. Like this could be something that carried out seasons of like, like a better version of Westworld. But like who, who you know, who's been taken over? Who can you trust? That kind of stuff. And it's just yeah, weird that, to me that nobody's doing that. That's a good that. point. The good, well, so, the, good. I was going to say the, the best part of this, this movie was the trust factor. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily like what the common goal was. It was that I can't trust you for your methods. I can't trust you because you might have you know, shapeshifted and this kind of transcends against, you know, throughout the different movies, but it really kind of shows like if trust falls, uh, where, where, where does your loyalty stand? Where does your, like, you know, what's going to, what's going to transcend from that trust being lost? Well, and like, and it's kind of scary if you think about it in the context of right now, there's a really good chance that in the next year that there's some sort of way where we can, essentially have people being tested for uh for covid or coronavirus and essentially know who has it and who doesn't but then it's going to be like well what happens there does that start to segregate society like you watch these movies and you can see how that could happen where it's like well can i trust you do you do we know you don't have the sickness i don't know if you do like it's just a it's weird how well this like slotted into all the things i think about daily right now it's just going to end up with me screaming in the snow as my hands transform well that's always what we do actually that might be the the, not saying that I want this to happen in the future, but that would be the kick in the pants to make me make another thing movie. I hear there's one in the works, um, but funny enough, going back to why hasn't this been a show? They almost made one in 2005 that was supposed to follow the the 1982 movie, but it got canceled. But it was going to be uh, directed by Frank Darabont. Oh man, see that would have been great. I'll, I'll bet you that would have at least been one good season. I know the perfect title for this: The, the Walking thing. Dead. Oh, okay, <laughs> just the thing. Nah, it's never like been done before. Just, just return of the thing. I, I like when something's just return of something for some reason. But what's it about? I like it when the it's thing. not all the same thing. He's back. That's return what it should be called. Eggenator. It's called not the same thing. Nothing. Another the other thing. thing. Yeah, that other thing. <laughs> no, and <laughs> another thing. <laughs> and now the another thing got one. its groove back. <laughs> thing meets world. Oh, man. When this thing meets world. I think one of the staples of the, 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 the 50s movie was the Thurman music, which... Yeah, that's like this is one of the first times that this happens in, the, in movies, and it became a staple for all sci-fi of that era. The dun on no, that like the microphone didn't like you doing that, but I can imagine the sound you made. Honk honk, you're back. Um, yeah, that that is it is a very, and I I just don't want this to sound like a, a put down. It's a very fifties movie. Which is yeah, wild, had, considering how like, early it came out. Transatlantic uh, talk to you. hands in your pocket, a lot of uh, handing off, handing off cigarettes. Yep. Well, that's what you did. You would say, "Hey, how you doing, darling? Here's a cigarette for you." There's one point where he just kind of lights it for a second and just throws it. You <laughs> can <even> smoke it. <laughs> we'll never run out of these. It'll be in fashion forever. My whole thing is how nonchalant they were. Like this is an alien. Well, I guess we gotta go find it. Gee, golly whiz. Yeah, you you boys want some coffee? <laughs> I couldn't find anything. Here's a hatchet. Oh, no time for hatchets, son. <laughs> Got to go pick a pie. Did you get I'm your picture? Go this no, the door closed too fast. Do you want me to open it up? <laughs> no. I think it's in this box. So, 
um i wanted to bring it up when we're talking about special effects what i gotta talk about the scene where everything was on fire in the 50s movie everyone was on fire how dangerous was that the girl had nothing but a pillow to protect her yeah that (laughs) i i was looking to see if there was like a you know um wizard of oz style stories about this where it's like this person nearly died this person nearly died this person suffered permanent damage I was shocked that I didn't find those things. Well, so yeah, almost though the the stunt guy that was the thing, he had a, an oxygen tank on him during that part with pure oxygen. So Damn, they're lucky they didn't they blow just up. We're trying to kill him. I guess, but nah, it's okay. I smoked my cigarettes. It's got all my vitamins in it. Man, that's a good. That was a good. That, I like now that we're talking about. Where I'm thinking about. I'm like, I really, did, I really did enjoy this movie. Yeah, my jaw literally dropped at that part too. I was like, "This is this, these people are crazy. Everything is on fire, and it's all like one take. It's it's like because well, it's the, the only uh, time they could do it. They're like, we built this one time. Yeah, it's literally like the the scenes from The Simpsons where they're making the radioactive uh, man movie. Like we have one uh, cut. This is real radioactive liquid. Where is Millhouse? Oh, man, Simpsons Simpsons did that too, but that was in the past. So now the Simpsons can see the past and the future. Uh, I'm really surprised no one died. Like it took me out of the movie. I was like, "Oh shit!" What about the actual actors? Like I don't know if I don't know. I was just thinking about about it too much. We're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> They're all on fire. Like they were. That was a horrible plan. They thought <laughs> they was gonna douse fire and gasoline or whatever on a- anything and still miss and, and still didn't get them. Like he still like <laughs> jumped out of the damn window. What's one? You guys way to couldn't block the, the window. They all had amazing jawlines. I'm just gonna add that in. Oh man, yeah, yeah. The uh, the guy that played the thing actually was like the most handsome actor on the set, but they put him in a Frankenstein mask, and later he became like the main dude from Gunsmoke. I was surprised that this movie didn't get as as racist as I thought it might get at one point. Yeah, <laughs> like I was, I was, I, I braced myself for it. I had to keep going. Like, hey man, it's 51. It's 51. And then I was like, hey, okay, pleasantly surprised. Thank you. Did you guys question yourself too with like, did you guys see yourself citing either or would say the media like, yes, that's media free speech or uh, no, for the safety of the general population, it's not freak everyone out is contain this. Like, did you guys find yourself on, on one side or another? I didn't think about it, but I would be pro, I guess, let us know, which is funny enough because in, we're living in the reality where they're now confirming UFOs. Yeah, straight and, up just And now we're all like, like hey yeah, that happened. And and all of America just went like that see, we just wanted you to say they existed. Now let's go back to our normal bullshit. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It's like, all right, you let us know during the apocalypse. That's the least of my worries right now. Yeah, it's just it's it's hilarious to me how it was just such a collective like that's interesting. Cool, 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 cool. So um we gonna die? Yeah, is the toilet paper back? Well not even that. They even so one UFOs exist. And then, like, a month ago, oh, yeah, there's evidence of, of uh, parallel universes. Just uh, throwing that out there. Uh, you didn't read the article. That's not what it said. What did it say? It was like, there's this spot on Earth that where things kind of act weird. Huh, that's funny. And then someone's like, they said parallel universes. They Retweet. did. Retweet. They did. They didn't. They did not. <laughs> things act weird everywhere. Oh, man. And then the Snyder Cut happened and all hell's broken loose. Still going to be terrible. It is, but I'm still gonna watch it. Not on Whatever, HBO like Max. Four hours. So there was uh, there was another question too. Uh, besides the telling, you know, the media uh, or not telling, 
uh, the general population. There was another uh, question about science. You know, do you think that we should have saved this alien in, in benefit of our species or that, no, it's too much of a threat to even question that? Yeah, I guess that's an interesting question that the, the 50s movie had that the um, the 80s one didn't have because Wolf of Brimley just went ape shit instead. Yeah, the 80s uh, one drew its line in the sand about, like, this is a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I I don't know because also when I think about it, the the alien from the 50s movie was kind of, you know, he was totally set on world domination. I got to plant my baby seeds and take over the world. And, you know, I'm just going to whack the scientist, even though he's trying to talk me down. But then compared to the thing from the 80s, it's what I have a different opinion about because that thing just wanted to build a spaceship and get off the planet. Yeah. Only attacked us because we attacked it. So I don't know. It depends on on the creature, I guess. Would it mean like an anti-gravity backpack or something like that? (laughs) Yeah. Um, really, it's it's up to observation. I, I I'm not like a shoot first type of person, so no. But if it does get aggra- aggressive, yes. Yeah, for me, I I don't know. I always get on that weird part of like if for, if we were to keep something like that and study it, that means that we're essentially torturing it. At which point, even if it was a shithead, we're now the bad guy, kind of thing. But I guess in the sense that it's a carrot, it doesn't matter because it didn't feel pain. Yeah. I just I don't know. That's where I get all weird and like. But what if we're worse than it was now because we're torturing the poor thing? But then my solution is like, so just kill it. Just murder it straight up. Should have let those babies grow. We could have had like a food source right there. Like its arms are growing back like crazy. <laughs> what are you in today? Oh, I got another roll of thing. <laughs> yeah, thing. there'd be a lot of a lot of dad jokes out there. Like, oh man, how much did that cost you? An arm and a leg. Oh, <laughs> an arm and a leg is with- worth the money. <laughs> We'll be back with I Love Lucy, but first, here's a message from Thing. wonder what it tastes like. Did it? wonder if it tastes like a carrot. I hope it tastes like a potato. Yeah, I was going to say, it probably just tastes like a root veg. It's like a like a peppery carrot. And then I like the question that they had in the 50s movie. I don't think it was in the 80s where, like, what if it has diseases? Like, when we thought out. Like, we don't, we shouldn't thought out at all because it might have some sort of bacteria on it that is, you know, also alien and might do some shit to our ecosystem. See, and that thought was nowhere near Encino, man. I had that exact flashback when it was dying out. And then um, at the beginning when the someone enters the room, and they're like, close the doors. I thought about Hateful Eight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so with the the entire series of the thing, it focuses on, on isolation. So I think that this is one of the, depending on your mindset during isolation, it's probably one of the better movies to watch if you want to, you know, also feel that but it could also be the worst movie to watch if you're not into it uh, but are there any other good isolation movies the two of you can think of my first one that popped into my head was like 10 cloverfield lane that's that's the number one one for me as well yeah and then something like the shining um i think for this one it really uh, paralleled with the i am legends you know trying to like you're you're in isolation but you're also you know in fear for your life uh with your surroundings so, so the monster is Will Smith. <gasps> That's why he was legend. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I could absolutely see. I could absolutely see that. And then with uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, I think that one's interesting just because it's about isolation, but with a small group of people versus like something like Castaway, where it's a man by himself on an island with his friend. Well, he made that friend eventually. We all have to make friends sometimes. It's weird right now watching movies and just, you know, we're always going to draw parallels to what's going on right now. 
and it's just it's just wild watching that and the feeling of the isolation even though like we can come and go we can leave our houses but you're still that part where you're like ooh this is kind of like being trapped in that cabin and I am afraid of all the people outside because I don't know what's going on and I got to keep if I if I had something in my house I'd keep it in here that kind of it's just it's really wild how uh how now this all felt yeah I guess it's kind of funny that Mary Elizabeth Winstead's in both the things one of the thing movies and 10 Cloverfield I think it's fun when they're in things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's fun when actors work. Do you have any, Alex? Which one? Or you said yours. I am Legend. Yeah, that's right. Uh, anything else would be like Into the Wild. It's only that's, one like I am Legend is also interesting now that I think about it because that's also something that started off as a novel but then got like a bunch of movie adaptations. Yeah, yeah, it sure did. I sure wish any one of them were good. I know. I got to read the book now because I'm pretty sure I've seen Omega Man. And I, I know I didn't like it. I love I love the book so much. I have the cover of it hanging on the wall in my living room. And then I kind of liked I Am Legend up until the end when they ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. 100% where they really, really fucked it up. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I, I truly think you would love. And, and the it's not a full novel. Like it's a uh, the book it's in is a collection of short stories. I think it's maybe 180 pages total. Okay, so that's kind of like the the thing the just, who their novel just like it, um, but yeah, I think you'd you'd knock out reading it like a couple hours, but it is an incredible story. It really makes the title "I Am Legend" matter and mean something. <laughs> yeah, they're vampires in the book, right? Yeah, they're vampires, and they get into like, and it's weird because think about how long ago the book was written. Um, they they get into when vampires things, actually existed. Well, they get into things like uh, why a cross works on one kind of vampire but not another, then realizing that it's because it's it's from the religion they believed in when they were alive. <laughs> I was so, gonna make a joke about that, but yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So so uh, he collect he has a collection of like religious symbols to. So he looks like Benny from uh, the Mummy. That's kind of what I thought about when I thought about uh, when I read the book. It was like that similar, like almost janitor style key ring of religious symbols ready to go. <laughs> No simple fire test for this one. So for the, from the movie, like the thing where you don't necessarily see the monster, is there any other good movies you could relate to like that you don't necessarily see the monster throughout the whole like movie? Like I, I think uh, kind of like Quiet Place where you don't necessarily see the monster too much, but it's kind of like the fear that it's always lurking, it's always around. Yeah, that that's the first one that popped in my head and like those branching movies. So like what's the other one? Bird Box. I'd even... I'd honestly even say Alien, just because you see the aliens so rarely in that movie. Yeah, um, I was also thinking about it follows. Like you do kind of you do see it, but you don't. You know, like signs. <laughs> you see that glimpse from the oh, YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, that 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 reveal is one of my favorite reveals. Yeah, there's another one like that. That it's making me think. Uh, yeah, what is it? Um, well, in a sense, even like um, Sixth Sense, <laughs> is you don't necessarily see him getting beat up. By by ghost, you just see the after effect or him screaming. He is kind of more like your imagination kind of takes a hold of it. In a way, like the uh, I want to say like the first of the newer Godzilla movies, you don't really see Godzilla. Yeah, it's it's you, crazy how little he's in that movie. And when you do see him, it's kind of like too large to really comprehend. Yeah, they really uh, they committed to like the every time you saw him, he was to scale. Yeah. Um, because of the scales. Yeah, he was two scales, but uh, yeah, that was a really good one too. Because when you did finally see him, like it, 
it hits so hard that like I I just vividly remember that good roar in uh, San Francisco. Yeah. Or like you get that like where you finally for the first time get the full shot. Should I see if there's anything else I want to talk about in this movie? That's the problem with the movie from the 50s. They're not super deep. They're just like, here's a story about a thing. We did the thing. Now the thing's happened. All right, let's go back home and smoke. <laughs> Copy. Um, so that's, um, it does remind me of something that I wanted to ask then. Like, what do you, comparing the two, uh, which one do you think conveyed the story better? Because I kind of feel like the 50s one did because it's more dialogue and, you know, less effects. Whereas the John Carpenter one, it still conveyed a story fine, but I don't think it did it as well as the 50s but you know it visually it was way better i do think if you combine the two movies you would get the perfect story because they they really because it feels like this movie spends a lot more time on the search for what the thing is and like like the process around how they identify it staying away from it all that stuff and it's again because they can't have the thing on screen at all really versus the 80s one feels like it's about like okay let's set the plot up let's get going let's get going now let's like highlight some insane effects and tell a really good like horror thriller story so i mean i feel like if you could take those two somehow and fuse them together where you just had a little bit more like more exposition more talking more getting to know people but still had the same amount of like crazy batshit scary scenes i'd be super into that movie yeah, I think just the 1950s one uh, resonates more of just it made me think more like it wasn't necessarily focused on the monster itself, but more of what it represented it. You know, it, it, like I was asking, like media, free press or or science. And, and there was a lot of uh, ethical questions in that movie. So, you know, to in my head answer those as they're searching for this monster is almost like the monster uh, was kind of like what their final resolution as a as a whole group as it's like the population, human population would go with in these, in these times, whether that was an actual monster, whether it's a, a disease, whether it was something kind of, uh, you know, mind shocking, you know, as like aliens being real. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions, ethical questions that I thought were really interesting with this movie. So yeah. we might get, uh, that combination though. Cause so recently they uncovered, um, was it is it Scott Campbell, the author of the book? His last name's Campbell. Yeah. Um, they uncovered like lost chapters of his book, so they kind of made a new book called Frozen Hell that was kickstarted, and now I guess Blumhouse is trying to adapt the Frozen Hell novel into something. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm, I'm John just, Campbell. That's John Campbell. Junior. You was know a cool kind of fact too is that this. I'm not sure if this is true, so correct me if I'm wrong. I was looking it up, and it said that this, the film takes place uh, from November 2nd to November 3rd in 1950, uh, as the same as the the 80s one. It was very current to its time. Uh, it's kind of cool that just it was really uh, focused within, what I think, what probably 24 hours from beginning to end. Yeah, and so uh, Carpenter was also trying to do the same thing. Yeah, so the 80s one was trying to, he was trying to really, tie in his time into it just like the fifth like it you know it's like a slice of life of both eras i just really want them to make it into, into a tv series the more i think about it, that's all i want did you ever read the comics i never did i have not i i want to now because yeah i guess it's it expands on the john carpenter one and so it could finally i think it does answer if you know there's a is child's a thing or not at the end of the uh, the, the 80s one 
And I guess there's a game that kind of said yes, but I think in the comic it's no. I could have those swapped. Well, thanks. Now there's spoilers kind of for one of them, maybe. <laughs> Still open-ended. <laughs> yeah. You spoiled the binary question with the, the answer is actually a binary. And that's always been the cool thing about the 80s movie is how it ends because you don't know if Childs is a thing or not because he disappears for the last part of the movie and then shows up and they're like, I guess we're going to freeze to death. Yeah, you know, maybe. And one of the fan theories is that, um, you know, McCready hands Childs his booze and Childs takes a swig of the booze, but McCready had nothing but Molotov cocktails on him that last part of the movie. So it was probably gasoline inside the bottle and the thing doesn't react, kind of pointing that, yes, Childs was a thing. Yeah. But that's more of a fan theory. I also think the thing would know if it's gasoline because he has all the memories of the person that he took. Well, I just like the fact that it was like the first, not the first, obviously, but the one everyone talks about where it's like that geek ending like uh, Inception has. Where it's yeah. the filmmaker just going like, you don't get to know. Ooh. <laughs> Except Leonardo's totem wasn't the top. Ooh. <laughs> well, it's the same thing right there. It's like, well, he didn't react to the gasoline. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> it really like threw me off that Wolford Brimley doesn't have a mustache in the 80s movie. Threw me off that he still looked like he was 78 in 1980. Yeah. I'm 35. Said advanced diabetes. Dude was so young back then. And yet still Just looks like so cocoon. old. Are there any other uh, movies or shows that you guys like that took place in 24 hours? There's a big yeah. one that's slipping my mind. 24 hours. 24 hours. Can't think of one. I don't know if you actually can't think of one if you're doing a bit to talk about 24. Doing a bit, but I, I never actually watched the <laughs> <Okay>. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't like it. There, God damn it. I, I want to say there is. I can't think of which ones they are, though. There's that hit movie on Quibi that I liked. <laughs> dangerous game that took place in 24 hours all i can think about are like just episodes of tv shows like has nothing to do with the theme we're talking about but like i just rewatched <laughs> it's always sunny and uh there's the episode where they're just trying to take out the media the media cycle and so they keep having to restart this 24-hour timer found it funny i legitimately can't think of a damn thing yeah i was thinking about the warriors oh that, jesus uh... that's such a good one <laughs> Yeah, that one starts off at at midnight or at the at the night, you know, as all the gangs get together, and then they have to evade all the other gangs as they're being wrongly accused of murder, and they have to survive all the way till the morning. And I ran. I was thinking about Venture Brothers. There's that one episode where it's not really like a a clock timer, but it's a it's the value of a comic book that counts down. Oh, I th- okay. I know the fucking movie I was thinking about. Um, Ready or Not. Ready or yeah. not, it doesn't take place over 24 hours, but it's that same thing where it's counting down to, like, all we have to do to get beyond this movie is survive to this time. Friday. Friday's another one. <laughs> next Friday. Friday after next. I was thinking about the, um, again, like, the, the which style tells that story better. It reminded me of another movie that has a remake. So there's 310 to Yuma, and I actually preferred the original version to the newer version. But I saw the newer version first, and then I went back to go watch the older one. And I was just kind of blown away by the just the way it conveyed the style compared to the newer one, where the newer one was more, you know, cool explosions and stuff like that. Yeah, versus the old one was just really about character. And suspense. Holy crap. Yeah. That one. That one's about time. They got to get to the train by 310. It's going to Yuma. Well, yeah, you don't want to get the wrong train. Uh, so Howard Hawks asked the U.S. Air Force for assistance in making the film, but they refused him because the top brass felt that the uh, 
such cooperation would compromise U.S. government's official stance on UFOs back then. <laughs> they can't. They can't even acknowledge that they exist for a movie. Yeah, but is it not helping? Also answering yeah. that. Yeah, because they're saying it's science fiction that they don't exist. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, it's like the army or the uh, military equivalent of if you got nothing to hide, just take the lie detector, friend. <laughs> yeah, let me in. There's that cool scene in the the fifties one where they're standing above the the spaceship because it's it's under ice, and they're all in like a circle. Um, I guess that scene was actually filmed in San Fernando, <laughs> so it was like I think that was desert and not ice that we were seeing. Oh shit that's really goofy and funny um sorry i just i literally got distracted by reading about that blumhouse thing so it looks like they yeah they licensed <laughs> what a story matt it was a good story <laughs> uh they licensed frozen hell and so what they're doing is remaking the thing but expanding it with the content from frozen hell but matt real fast back on that didn't if you just pause the the title like as it's panning over you could pause and see a machine that cuts ice though so I don't think it was desert. Oh, that's what IMDb said. So who who might argue? I don't know. It's I, the... I got like these like I was looking up like fun facts and it's like if you pause the I was trying to find it real fast, but it's like if you pause that opening scene, you get a you see the machine in, in one of the clips. Yeah, I think that was the opening scene where you can see the crash site, but not when they were actually standing on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I uh I try to type it. I try to find it right now. So I typed in the thing ice machine, and it, <laughs> the first thing that pops up is the next big thing in ice. Will pe- will penguins love it? <laughs> Wait, okay. it was funny enough that it was the next big thing in ice. But I like the fact that we're gonna get these penguins to weigh in. <laughs> Our resident ice expert, Mister Penguin. Wink. It's good ice. And wank. the crazy thing is, this was only like two weeks ago that this video came out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, the thing is one of those really difficult to research uh, movies, just because you gotta be real specific on how you type it. Yeah, yeah. Like you better be putting a date or the words "movie" after it. I believe the '50s one took place in the South Pole, but the '80s one took place in the North Pole. Because they're gonna steal a steal a joke from Cine- Cinema Massacre and say that they're polar opposites. Hey, go yell at him! I didn't make it up. I just want to um, know if they were looking for Santa Claus. That's why they were up at the North Pole. How different would this movie be if it was if it crashed in LA? Well, that's so. Again, what's the intent of the alien though? Like the the fifties one would have tried to take over the world. Probably would have. I I believe that the eighties alien is not a bad guy. Not a great guy. Not a bad guy. Yeah, there's like a second movie that we haven't seen that's about a uh, a, a lone survivor that crash lands on a planet and has to take on a band of misfits trying to kill it. Yeah, we just need the thing's perspective now. I think someone uh, wrote like a fan fiction short story. That's the point of view of the thing. I haven't read it yet, though. It's just a bunch of like, I sure hope these people, these pink people are nice. Oh, no, they're not. <laughs> they're made of, they're made of meat. It's so weird. <laughs> That's funny. They have that, uh, uh, at the South Pole, they have that tele- telescope station. And I guess it's tradition over there that the skeleton crew watches uh, both movies on their first day over there. I kind of like the, just idea of being in this like frozen wasteland but you're in an area that you can like exist in like comfortably like in their little underground cabins or whatever that's always intrigued me where they uh whenever they have like the polar ice station set up and uh if they go outside like you can survive for 10 minutes outside before you die but anyway inside it's a toasty 72 degrees 
We got our PlayStation set up. Yeah, I'm watching VHS of like air TV. Got my dogs. This is pretty cool. I I was like, no way there's a short story from the 80s perspective. And sure enough, there it is. And it don't, is Don't doubt me cool. ever again. It is pretty cool. <laughs> it, even one of the lines is, and the world attacked me. It attacked me. Yeah. All I did was sleep for a couple thousand years. Don't they know who I am? I'm going to speak to their manager. I am Kron. <laughs> Here's a, you want me to read a little bit from it? Go ahead. Let's see, I remember my reawakening to dull stirrings of sensation in real time, the first embers of cogni- cognition, the slow blooming warmth of awareness as body and soul embrace after their long sleep. I remember the biped offshoots surrounding me, the strange chittering sounds they made, the odd uniformity of their body le- body plans, how ill-adapted they looked, how inefficient their morphology, morphology, even disabled, <laughs> even disabled, I could see so many things to fix. So I reached out, I took communion, I tasted the flesh of the world. Wow, the thing knows Jesus. I thought you were going to be like, I reached out and I felt it pulsing. I'm like, it's going to just become porn. <laughs> it was his thing. The th- his thing is another world. It's like a carrot. <laughs> All I was trying to do was <laughs> give them my carrot. They d- they said no. <laughs> they said bad touch and they attacked me. Yeah, I just... Again, just going back to the weird, like, how does one thing pick off or take off, but one other one doesn't? But, like, it's just weird to me. There's not a whole universe around this, but, like, there is around Alien. Yeah. Like, this creature is awesome. This creature could, yeah. This thing could be up there with an alien and a predator. Like, it would be a really cool thing to hear stories of. Yeah, I'm going to get into that comic, I think. I think it's canon, so I do want to know more. I just don't know, like, exactly what it's about. Is it just retelling one of these stories or what? Yeah, I hadn't looked into also, it. I was worried that it was just an adaptation of the movie. Um, so, Mike, you rewatched the '80s one, Alex. I know you didn't uh, recently. Have you, Have you seen it before? No, no, never. Okay. Well, wait till you watch it, then we'll come back. Okay. <laughs> um, I had a question. I don't know if you can answer it, Mike. The mechanics of the '80s thing, like, how does it? I don't really understand how it works because it's just the one entity. But it, I don't understand how it was going to take over the world or why Blair was afraid it was going to take over the world. I, I don't know either. Like, that's the thing. I, I don't know if they were worried that it was going to communicate or if it was going to, like, open, like, crack the eggs of the 800,000 other ones that were there or something. That That's what's so odd is they really get into the, like, which, okay, so actually I'll get into that. So it's weird because they really act like this one thing, like, it's terrifying it is a terrifying threat, but it's a terrifying threat to the folks in that base. It's not a threat to anyone else anywhere in the world at any point in this movie. And so then reading about like John Carpenter's intentions of the movie and he, when he's talking about it um, being comparable to the HIV AIDS scare that was like just kind of popping off in the early 80s, that does make sense because that was the whole idea of like, like it not only was it a death sentence to get that, but like you were you were shunned like you were dirty people wouldn't look at you they were afraid to touch you your your blood was poison and which is why he said he talks about like how the whole point of the movie is they're doing blood tests right um and then there's that scene where princess diana comes in and kills the thing yeah and then and elton john is like really really sympathetic in it 
uh, and then Magic Johnson refreezes it. Yeah, then Magic Johnson just survives. He just refreezes it. (laughs) Yeah, everybody else in the movie is like, we don't know what's going to happen. Magic Johnson just goes, no, I'll be all right. (laughs) Hey, you want to buy this? (laughs) You want to go to want to go to theater? But yeah, it is really interesting, like watching it. And just I like I was thinking about that. I was going like, well, what what is the actual threat? Because I get what the threat is in the fifties version. It's very clear this thing yeah, wants it's super to go clear in the fifties version. Yeah, and then that's it, has, the, it lays seeds. And, and that's the difference is the fifties one has worldwide ramifications. I don't know that anybody confirms that there's a worldwide problem in the eighties one. Yeah, because. Blair goes nuts because he thinks that there is, but it doesn't really show that it works the way that he thinks. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like they they figure out a way to they figure out a way to identify if you're the thing, but they don't. That's all. That's all they learn. They learn nothing else about it really. And Blair, like he had a projection though. It's like it, it will completely take over the world population in like seven thousand hours or something like that. But I'm like, how? You know, it's only one thing at a time. It's not making new things. Yeah. It's it's not making an additional thing with each one of you. It 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 impersonates. That that was the yeah. weird part because that's the part that makes me feel like it's um. It's in the same vein as Inv- Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but that's the whole point of that story is that it's the pod people taking over and making you one of them and expanding their ranks. But that that just doesn't happen in this. Just poor misunderstood space puppy. His name was Steve. He was gross <laughs> and always moist. He just wanted to hang out. He just didn't speak our language. Yeah, he was trying to communicate through snow angels, and we shot him. So look, I think what I discovered. <laughs> Oops, I dropped my dynamite at my helicopter. Oh, shucks. Yeah. I'm kind of wondering how conductive are carrots, and would it really have been killed in the <laughs> 1950s movie? This is the next. This is a new experiment. <laughs> Three carrots later. One of the bolts went <laughs> crazy and blew off my fingers. At least it didn't die by like a water gun, like science. I'm still very disappointed how easily those aliens were defeated. Like, I think it was in the news, too. Wasn't it like sprinklers went off and it killed the aliens? And that's how they're like, oh, yeah, water kills them. They just kept saying that reports were coming in that water would kill them. There's that. I I don't know if it's intended because it's M. Night Shyamalan. And I don't think he thinks this far ahead. But there's <laughs> a theory that the aliens and signs were actually demons. And the water that was killing them was holy water because the little girl was blessed. Because it's all her water that was being left around. Yeah, I really like science, and I've, I've I've read that theory, and I think that would have been a better movie. I just don't think it was intended. Yeah. And did the did the brother sleep with his wife? Just kept saying swing away. <laughs> I don't think it was the bat. <laughs> We're swingers, eh, Meryl? Swing away. What did he mean by that? I just know the little boy gave me hope because he survived because of asthma. <laughs> <laughs> the true hero of the story. <laughs> I forgot how to breathe for a little bit. <laughs> Who, boy, whoever would have ever thought that your inability to breathe consistently would save your life one day. Is there anything you guys didn't like about the movie? Like just straight up, just like they could have dealt without that or. I didn't like that it was a carrot monster. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The fifties movie. <laughs> it was a, uh, yeah, the, 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 eff- <laughs> the creature effect was just goddamn, but again, exactly of its time. Um, I feel like they could have done something because, I mean, this is, I think, after, like, the first Wolfman movie. And there's, you know, a small transformation in there. They could have done just some weird kind of pan over Dr. Jekyll looking thing. Well, I think I think truly this was still at the time where the creature wasn't the draw. 
Like, I know the movie's called The Thing from Another World, but the whole idea is, like, get him to be the panic and then so distrust among the among the characters. And then it was this thing where they're like, well, that's just the that's just the MacGuffin that gets the movie rolling. The real story is about that drama between these friends. Well, but originally they did want it to be a shapeshifter like the book. Yeah. But they were just limited by their, their budget, I guess. But then someone's like, I got it. Carrots. <laughs> like, nobody, <laughs> not one person just said, like, Hey, you know we can just like move the camera, then we move it back. They're there, right? Right. No, that's too hard. We gotta. How are they gonna hear people talk over each other? All right, I got this here flashlight. I'm gonna flash it at the camera. It's gonna get real white when it comes down. You'll see the different person. That's not good. Get me a get me a carrot. <laughs> the tagline's already rich in vitamin death. It's not really. It should have been. I think my thing was that they were just so calm. Like they're a bit too calm. Like get, throw some a little panic in there, a little like adrenaline rush. Like, even even that though, I I was giving to the time just because they're all military, and that was at a point where we're like, look how bad. I mean, we're yeah. always like that, but we were really like that at that point. Yeah, I stood up and saluted when they killed it. That chalk another one up for America. I I just think honestly, like they were, you know, so calm, or it wasn't as scary as just because there wasn't true horror movies back then yet. Like even like. You know, Nosferatu or like the other Dracula movies are not really scary. Yeah. They're just kind of like gothic in a way. What about the one from the 80s? Um, well, Alex, I know you haven't watched it. I think that you hate that you didn't watch it, so that counts. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The the only thing I saw was just a YouTube video of what the differences were. Yeah. The I highly, re- highly recommend that one, but that one's like, if you haven't seen Body Horror yet, that's going to be a hard, hard watch. That that's what I was gonna say is like for me I I think it's a it's a damn near perfect horror movie but you have to be willing to like you're gonna see some shit it is yeah. it is very upsetting on a very fundamental level. Have you seen The Fly with the uh, Jeff Goldblum? Me, yeah. So right. okay, I think like we talked that. about that too. That's like one of the first like horror movies that stuck with me like longer than it should have. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it should. I mean, it should. <laughs> Honestly, when you think about what, it, it, yeah. what you see. Um, I don't think it's... I think the, the stuff in The Fly was more uh, terrifying than The Thing transformations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because I think The Thing, it's more imaginative versus The Fly is so grossly realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was afraid that was going to happen to me. I'm like, what if I eat, like swallow a fly? Like, would that happen to me? Like, I was <laughs> yeah, like, definitely. Really now as a kid? <laughs> well, how long, how long did you not want to arm wrestle? Oh God, I still can't watch arm wrestling videos. Mm-mm. But yeah, so like in the in the the eighties version of the thing, the body horror is crazy, but it's it's like anime body horror now. It, like it's so over the top that it's if you're squeamish, it'll it'll fuck you up. But you're not gonna look at it the same way as you would the fly. Yeah, the fly is just upsetting. And then speaking of, there's a there is an anime called uh, Parasite with a Y. And it's heavily influenced by the the '80s thing. You know, the Maxim. You know, it's really funny. That is the top thing recommended for me on Netflix right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I think they just released the dub on Netflix. I watched some of the sub on Hulu not too long ago, but it's it's pretty good. And then I know um, we talked. Me and you, Mike, talked a little bit about um, Color Out of Space, and that's definitely definitely heavily influenced yeah. by the John Carpenter thing. And I think that's the most disturbing body horror I've ever seen, to yeah. be honest. The movies where they go, how can we ruin anatomy? Yeah. Know what you need? You need a head full of blades. 
There's sure is a lot of llamas in this movie. Be a shame if we turn them into a meatball. So, do you guys have anything? I have I have literally exhausted everything I've got for this movie. So, do you guys have anything else you want to hit on it, or do you want to do you want to go into my challenge? Um, what you got? Um, I just wanted to real quick point out, like the one thing I don't like as much about the '80s movie is that I don't really get to know the characters very well before they start dying. So I'm not as attached to them like I am in the '50s movie. Like every character in the movie from the fifties has, you know, character to them. But it's like, I know maybe three or four names from the eighties movie out of everyone that's there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. with like any, any type of movie though. I need some sort of like, Oh, I got to know this person, you know, whether it was, it was a small character or not, like give me just that little bit, just like that one or two line or just something like, Oh man, I'm looking forward to going home to see my, family blah blah blah. oh no his family (laughs) you know (laughs) something to connect me with them but if you're just gonna just throw them in there then yeah it's not as uh uh, impactful reminds me of a black dynamite (laughs) where there's that scene where the guy's like oh man you know after this i'm gonna go home and get to see my daughter and i'm gonna retire and then he gets killed of course and black dynamite's like who saw that coming i mean who saw where that came from (laughs) god that movie's fucking great it is that movie (laughs) Do that shit before I came in the room. Um, one of my uh, one of my friends just sent me a text. Uh, IGN put out a IGN put out a tweet says Fantastic Four director Josh Josh Trank has no interest in Fox Disney releasing a Trank cut. And so two of my friends commented. One of them said, "That's okay. I didn't have any interest in seeing it." And my other buddy said, "I don't think anyone asked." And Josh Trank yeah. replied to them. He said, well, hey, actually, yes, it was asked. Over 50 journalists asked me in the last few weeks, and I have been in conversations. I just don't want to have anything to do with it. <laughs> Good job, guys. You made Josh Trank mad. Yeah. No, that's totally a, a familiar lie. There's, I've been asked by many people. Yeah. <laughs> so many people. Millions. You don't know any of them. Oh, not name names. Just found it weird that we were talking about body horror. Then the body horror Fantastic Four movie shows up on my timeline right now. God, that is such... Like I hated the you know the the Justice League movie and all that, but I forget about the Fantastic Four movie yeah. and how much I hate that movie. Like you at least ha- you can elicit an emotional reaction to Justice League, which means that you were at least invested enough to want it to be better. Fantastic yeah. Four. Once it came out, I watched it and went like, "Well, this is trash," and just forgot it existed. How do you have a superhero movie where like the last ten minutes is the only action? And it's such it's such bad action. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So bad. Well, now I'm mad. Mike, what's your challenge? <laughs> all right. So my challenge. Uh, well, well, all right. So here. Uh, okay. I, let's talk do about we, it do, first. We re- do we recommend this um, series? Set of movies? Uh, I Dude, honestly, I'd recommend any of any of them except for the 2011 one. And even that, once you've seen everything else or read it and you want to maybe just kind of fuck around, go crazy. But I, I highly recommend it. I think it's really good. Alex? Yeah. I, I mean, I primarily just focus on the 1951 was it 51 yeah uh movie and yeah i think it's one of the one of those you just kind of you kind of have to watch because there's so many that are are still influenced now and to know kind of where the these source materials come from uh just just getting familiar with these things is pretty cool and overall just really it's just a good movie yeah, the only issue is just the monster was stupid, but <laughs> other than that, the, the movie was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and of course, I do recommend it. And I think, like, this is like I almost want to make like a like a like a movie night with something like this. Like, this feels like the perfect 
you know, a midnight movie type of thing uh, where you got to, you know, dim the lights and get the popcorn ready and just kind of have like something classic going on. Like this is, I mean, I'm sure they played it on like, was it Turner Classics all the yeah. time? It's definitely one of those. And we don't, I don't really see a lot of that anymore other than like Joe Bob Briggs. Well, it's good enough to be worth your time and interesting, but also like popcorn enough that if you tune out for 20 minutes, you're still going to enjoy it. Yeah. And of course, I recommend the 80s movie as well. And um, I'm going to be rewatching the 2011 one to see if I still don't like it. You won't. <laughs> I don't, I, you may not dislike it as much as you used to, but I guarantee you, I don't think you'll like it because I, I went in going like, you know what? Maybe I was just too critical. I'll bet this is better. And I watched it. And I was like, no, I'm just more disappointed. Because and there's I'll a lot, there's a lot there that could have been very good. I'll just wash it all away with Tim Cloverfield Lane at the end. There you go, make it one good movie. All right, it's time now, Mike. Okay, so we're gonna figure out the logistics of this in the next day or two. But uh, <laughs> all right, so my challenge is the board game Disney Villainous. I say no. Um, so <laughs> I which that I was ready for because I was ready to say no. Also, a friend of mine was talking uh, talking to me about it at work, and uh. I was thinking like, hey, you know, I could do for, you know, I like stupid fun board games. I like real hardcore board games too. And so I bought the uh, the starter set for my roommate as a birthday gift. And we went to play it the other night and I was shocked at how deep this game is. Like this is a game that because I played Magic the Gathering, I picked up pretty quickly because I played like card games. But everybody else I know that played it was just talking about how difficult it was because this is not a children's game. Like, this is a game that if you put it in front of anybody under probably 12, they would hate it. But I really want to see what you guys think about it, because it's based on Disney. It's You're playing as one of the villains. Like, your board is essentially the story of a movie. You're the villain of the movie, and you're trying to finish the villain's objective. And so you're trying to thwart fate, and your opponents are using their abilities to play fake cards on you to make the movie unfold like normal it's book wild this game shouldn't be good but i really want you guys to play it so that's gonna be my challenge we're gonna figure out the logistics of it and uh play it over the internet the internet i think they played this on funhouse they played some sort of disney game like that it might be i'm gonna send you guys the link to it so you can see uh, read about it not to not to spoil what my review of the thing i'm suggesting is going to be but uh i bought every expansion all right, I'm interested um, mostly to see, yes, if we can work out how to play it. Uh, my only issue is yeah, like, oh my god, I want to cool. get the camera angled so it. Yeah, I might have to. I might be bringing shot. you guys some uh, phone brackets and uh, our phone uh, adapters and tripods or something. Yeah, <laughs> I got a whole day tomorrow and a whole empty office to figure out how to make this work. <laughs> oh, and there's a, a Marvel version of this game coming out later this year. I want that one. I, I do too. Can oh. we play this one, but I could just change my name to a Marvel character? I want the one that doesn't make me no gay. <laughs> Can I be the evil queen, but just say that I'm Darth Sidious? I, I, I use my cursed apple. I mean my force lightning. <laughs> I use my unlimited power. I, I play I am the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> one card is called Do It. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this episode of Three Hours Later. Um, hope you all check out this movie, and I hope you enjoy it. Maybe also you should play Disney Villainous before our next episode. Yeah, it's a whole thing. But before we go, Alex, where can you find us? Find us on Twitter at 
the number three HRS underscore later. And on Facebook and Instagram, that's the number three HRS later, no underscore for those. And if you want to find all of our links to everything, any sort of podcast app, our Facebook, our Patreon, our merch, uh, find us on Linktree, link tr period ee forward slash the number three hours later. And hours later is all spelled out. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. We got this big Corona energy right now. Yeah. Did you put Actually, up the new new designs, Mike? Remember we were talking about a few last time? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Once my MacBook is back up and running, I'll send those fucking things to you. I totally forgot about those. Yeah. I use the, I just used a slightly different font, like similar, similar look to it, just slightly different. So that it's thicker. Yeah. Like that thick with two C's font. Got it. And speaking of designs, Mike, t-shirts. Oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about <laughs> the designs I have on taking over the world. Uh, yeah. We have uh, a, planting uh, your baby watermelon seeds all over. We have a T Public set up. Uh, search for three hours later on T Public. We have a handful of shirts on there. Uh, more will get added soon as we uh, finish up a couple more designs. Very much appreciate those. Every time somebody buys a shirt, he puts a couple bucks in our pocket. Uh, we also have our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Three Hours Later. Uh, it's just again just a way to to you can tell us you love us and and throw a little bit of money at us so that we can keep buying some of the stuff that we're using to review and record and have fun with you. We like t-shirts. All right. We out of here. Three hours later. See ya. The original Karate Kids. Make a trouble in your neighborhood. Dude was one little fight. Her mom got scared. Quick. Toss me out the door. Ah! Three hours later.